It's a pleasure to be here on this beautiful uh, Sunday morning. Last day of camp meeting, I suppose. Look like uh, you're all settled in here for a good service. I asked my wife on my way up here, I wonder what we're going to have for dinner. And uh, she didn't know, but uh, it's like it was day before yesterday, it's going to be worth it. Hallelujah. A lot of things I do and uh, places I go, sometimes I realize it wasn't quite worth it. But uh, I'm glad to be in Blanchard this morning. And uh, God's been good to us. I appreciate being asked to say, say something here today. I want to read uh, two or three passages of scriptures before I uh, preach. And uh, when I was here, uh, day before yesterday, Brother Robert said some things as just take charge of the service and uh, impressed me on some things I'd like to talk about. Hallelujah. I know uh, uh, it's a wonderful time to be alive. Just before the coming of the Lord back for His church. It's been a long time since you left here, but He's coming back. Hallelujah. So I want to read uh, a little bit here in St. Matthew chapter 11. When it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding His twelve disciples, He departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or we do, do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and shew unto John again those things which ye have heard and seen. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, What which ye out into the wilderness to see? The reed shaken or the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what were ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before the, thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Well, since I read this verse here, for these verses here first, I'd like to get back and pick out something here I'd call a text. And verse 3, we have a request here from John. And he said unto, the, uh, and he said unto him, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? My text says, what was John really saying? Can you read into this? This troubled me for years. 
And I want to preach about it this morning. And he said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? What was John really saying? That would be my text this morning. Hallelujah. In chapter 14, the same book. And at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus. And he said unto his servants, this is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead. Therefore mighty works to show forth themselves at him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison. For Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. When Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Wherefore he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed by her mother said, Give me here John the Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat. He commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, brought it unto her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert part. Think about this. When the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. St. John chapter 1. The Bible states, St. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the words were with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the light, and the light, and the life was a light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. There was the true light which lightened every man that cometh into the world. Hallelujah. You go to Revelation chapter 6. You see souls of them under the altar that was martyred for the word of God. Crying, how long, O Lord, dost thou not avenge us on them that dwell on the face of the earth? Hallelujah. 
My text is this morning, what was John really saying? And you have to, you may have your own opinion, but I'm going to tell you mine directly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at this man. It's a man sent from God. What a thrill. We got a man sent directly from God. Hallelujah. You see, before John was ever conceived, God had a plan. It had been prophesied way back in the book of Malachi that Elijah would show up to proclaim that Christ, the Messiah, had arrived. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us when John did come, why, he was that light to bear witness of that light. To proclaim, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. So when time rolled around and God in his great mind or great uh, prophetic, able to see way beyond and make all kind of plans, Zachariah was in the temple doing his duty there in Jerusalem. And while he was doing his duty in the holiest of holies, there stood an angel beside of him by the altar and told him that his wife Elizabeth, they're now they're bared and old in years, but Elizabeth shall have a son. And when he is born, name him John. I'm talking about a man sent from God. Have you been sent? It ain't always easy to be sent. Hallelujah. The main thing is knowing who sent you. That makes a difference. Hallelujah. So the angel said, uh, call him John, and uh, Zechariah had a hard time believing that. So the angel said, uh, as a sign to you, you're going to be dumb until, until this child is born. I'm just going back over this. I'm looking at a man that was sent directly from God. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to be said. I'd hate to think that uh, there was no place for me. I like to be wanted, don't you? I like to be used. Hallelujah. I will talk to us a while this morning. I'm going to stop right here. It's not looking good in America for us much longer. Hang on. Hallelujah. Times are changing fast. We have the most liberty. The greatest chances to do something as anybody has ever had. 
And if you're available, and I hope you are, that God will send you for something. Hallelujah. So when John was born, the crowd came in and said, let's call him Zechariah. And uh, you don't have any, uh, they, uh, John, uh, Zechariah said, uh, the first time he spoke down all this time, his mouth, his tongue was loosed and he began to speak. And said, we can't call him Zechariah. We're going to call him John because that's what the angel said to call him. They said, you don't have any kid folks named John. God said, call him John. About 50-some years ago, I don't know how much time I got this morning, but I won't talk a while. 50-some years ago, I traveled with a tent. That's back in tent days. And uh, way back in the Ozarks, around uh, Deer, Dale, Lurton, way up in the Ozarks, myself, Curly Mayfield, and Brother Upperman, an old prophet, prophecy preacher was in a revival. This is where the, uh, uh, the Georges came from, Debbie George and William George and others, this area. We was up there in this revival. And the only time I reckoned ever preached on the text, and I announced my text that day, that night, just call him John. Well, it went over pretty good, but uh, Curtis Mayfield never got over that. For years, he'd see me and he'd laugh and say, just call him John. Hallelujah. Curly was quite a fellow. Miss him. Hey, oh, we got so many we miss. Hallelujah. And uh, well, here we are now. My text is, what was John really saying when he said, are you the Christ? Or are we going to look for another one? Hallelujah. Well, now in a few years, we have a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make straight paths. He's coming in the spirit of Elijah proclaiming that a new kingdom is about to be born. A new kingship is about to be set in. Prepare yourself. John became the number one camp meeting preacher. They came by the literal thousands. He emptied the cities to hear him preach. Hallelujah, what a man. Dressed in uh, camel's hair, clothes made out of camel hair. Gird him out with a leather girdle. His food was locusts and wild honey. He grew up in the desert, the wilderness. According to historians among the Essenes, the writers of the Dead Sea Scrolls that they found in Cormoran. Hallelujah. The Essenes were felt like they were the only true believers left. They were afraid the real gospel would get lost. So they wrote it out and hid it. 
clay jars in the caves of Koran that was found back in the 1940s. That's where John, they tell us, came from, out of this group of people. Dedicated, holy to God, what we call sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost because about this time Mary found favor in the sight of God and the angel Gabriel came and talked to Mary and said to behold, thou art highly favored with God. You're going to bring forth a son. He's going to rule his father David's kingdom forever and forever and forever. She said, I have no husband. How can this be? Gabriel said, the Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee. Hallelujah. Isaiah said, a virgin shall bring forth a child. Yes, his name is Emmanuel because God is with us. Now I got two special births coming up. Mary was so excited, she went to see Elizabeth, which is now about six months along. And when Mary came up to her, I suppose, Aunt Elizabeth, the baby John, before he was born, leaped in his mother's womb and was baptized with the Holy Ghost. And Elizabeth prophesied, why is it the, the Lord of my Lord has come to me? Hallelujah. Things are getting set. You know God was working. You know God's working right now. God is always present. Not just the past or the future, but the great I am is always present for any generation. And that's us today. Our time, our opportunity. I'm talking about what was John saying when he said, are you the one we're looking for? Or should we wait and look for another one? Hallelujah. John was born, started his ministry. At the proper time, about 30 years of age, that's when the priest started the priesthood. So Jesus started his ministry 30, John about 30. He came out of that wilderness dressed like it was, locust wild honey, camel hair. If you've ever been in the, in the deserts, in the Palestine, the Arabia, you'll see tents made out of goat hair. The Bedouins, or camels, drifted around. They came to be the only true children of Abraham because Abraham lived in a tent, so they live in a tent well, the Bedouins. Their wives take the goat hair from their goat herd and weave tents. They got red Goats, they got red tents. They got black goats, they got black tents. I don't know what color John's clothes was. It's made out of goat hair. Hallelujah. Man, he was a preacher. Hear what I'm saying? He drew them by the thousands, emptied the cities. They came out. He baptized them, preaching, preparing the way of the Lord. The king's coming. Get ready. Hallelujah. He emptied the cities. The soldiers came and they said, what can we do? He said, do vile to snowman. Be content with your wages. 
Others came out and said, what can we do? He said, if you got two coats, give one of them away. Others came and said, what can we do? He said, no more than what's asked of you. Here come the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they came to him, and they said, uh, began to talk to him. He looked at them and said, uh, Oh, you generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee? You talk about a preacher. We had one. He stood in the road one day as Herod and his new wife came down the road. And he saw that Herod had his own brother's wife. So he preached against it. It was just a few days that he was arrested and put in the jailhouse. Hallelujah. You never know, boys and young ladies or whoever, when you run with God, just where you might wind up. Stay with me. Hallelujah. If you're looking for fame and glory in this world, you're in the wrong bunch. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm talking to some people here that's trying to make the directions. Just wait on God. Just wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. I've learned from experience after about 62 years of experience that in this field of work, that it's good to listen for the Lord. Wait for God. Hallelujah. And so, uh, John was put in prison. I always, in my, uh, in my uh, estimation, it was just a matter of a few hours or a few days till Herod had this party. Drunken, A filthy-minded old man. Hallelujah. And his little stepdaughter come dancing in, I mean, uh, instigated by her own mother that hated John the Baptist and acted so vulgar before her stepdad that uh, he got carried away and he made an oath. I'll give you half my kingdom. Just ask it. She had it all planned. Her, her mother had asked for John's head. This hurts my feelings. Stay with me. No, I'm not falling out with God. But John didn't deserve what he got. Stay with me. Hallelujah. I'm looking for this side of the picture in this world. John did not deserve what he got. Only about 31 or 32 years old. One of the greatest preachers ever come on the face of the earth with such a special project. Stay with me. Hallelujah. He was chosen by God Almighty, sent from God, and he preached so mighty and made such converts 
that years later, the New Testament church reaching out into other countries brought on to John's converts. All they knew was what John said. Who was that evangelistic couple was preaching when the apostles ran on to him and all they knew was John's baptism to explain to them the gospel more fully. And they began preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. John made an impression. But one day we hear the last time that we hear him speak. Some say he was probably in a dungeon for a year and a half. I don't know. I don't know how long he's at that. Always felt like a short time. But I read, I just got concerned yesterday. I got to read that one great man in his writing said he was in prison probably a year and a half. Down in that dungeon, He's used to the open air, the sky, hallelujah, the rocks were a place of his worship. He preached wherever. But now he's in a dungeon, perhaps, let's say, a year or better. Rotting in a jungle, dungeon, in a sense, no longer in the wilderness. He's locked up. But the last thing we hear him say is, are you the one that we're to look for? Or should we wait for another one? Now this John is the same one that was baptizing on the River Jordan. And Jesus comes along and uh, insists to be baptized by John. They're chem folks, you know, and not only in the spirit, but in bloodline as well. John refused to baptize Jesus because he recognized Jesus was the light that he come to bear witness of the light. But Jesus said, suffer so that I might fulfill all righteousness. And so John baptized Jesus. When he did, he saw that spirit like a dove coming down from God out of heaven. And John himself said, the one who sent me to baptize told me the one that I see, the spirit just sitting like a dove, that's, that's, that's the Messiah. And John saw Jesus walking across and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Two of John's disciples saw that. Andrew and John. John the Revelator saw what John the Baptist said. And they followed Jesus. Now they were John's disciples. They followed Jesus and they said, Master, where do you stay? He said, come and see. They went home and spent that evening with him. It wasn't very many days till they was fishing back up on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus came by and called them into the ministry to follow him. The call of God, Peter and Andrew, James and John, all called Luke chapter 5. Out of the fishing business, they went preaching for Jesus. Forts all over, he'd called 12. We call them apostles. And I hear them one day gathered around discussing, and they said, what are we going to get out of this? And Jesus said, in this world, you'll have house and land. 
but in the next world, eternal life. And he promised that you will sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. What a prophecy. Hallelujah. That'll be coming up for long. Hallelujah. But they didn't know that 11 of them will be brutally killed for the God who sent them. The, older one, the other one, John the Revelator, would live to die an actual death at about 96 years of age and be, and be buried in Ephesus, which is now the land of Turkey. And I stood by his grave, the only survivor of the 12 that did not die in a foreign country doing a work that God Almighty had sent them to do. What I'm trying to say sometimes, when you follow God, as far as this world, it looks like it's unjustifiable, but, but we're looking, who was it Paul said, our light afflictions work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The things that weigh heavy upon us now may somehow bother us, Out of that dungeon, stay with me. Have you ever been in the dungeon of doubt, sickness, doctor said cancer, other horrible things that can happen? Hallelujah. Misunderstood. Hallelujah. That doubt begins to come out of that jungle. And after days laying in that dungeon, we hear this final voice come out. He's saying, really, who are you? And he was the one that prepared the way for it. What I'm trying to say is, it's quite a common thing sometimes for every one of us. There comes a time in your life that you begin to ask questions. Hallelujah. It touches my heart. Hallelujah. What John, I think, was really saying was, Jesus, I need some help. I need some help. Hallelujah. About 31, 32 years old, one of the greatest preachers we ever had. Brought me in a jungle and going to be killed just because an old drunkard, Herod, yielded to his brother's wife. And that handsome fellow that was sent from God, ordained of God even in his birth, the last thing we see of him is his head on a platter being passed around. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to tell you what I've read, that she, Herodias, done with that head. He didn't deserve that. 
but I'm here to tell you. Jesus said, of all the men that's been born in this world, there has never been a man greater than John the Baptist. Hallelujah. Which I'm going to say, thank God we're going to see him again, huh? He will not have a severed head. No, my friend, he has fulfilled his duty for God, sent from God, and literally died for God. And I'm putting it like this. When you're called of God, the Bible tells us in that great dynamic message of Paul and Corinthians, preaching about the body of Christ, telling us that God places us as members in his church. In a sense, every one of us has been placed by God to do our duty for what reason? For the very reason that John came running before Christ, prepare you the way of the Lord. When Jesus heard that question coming from John out of the dungeon, he turned to John's disciple and said, go tell John what you're saying. And what he was saying was, when John sees what's going on, he will know that the new kingdom that he proclaimed was coming is now already in process. Hallelujah. And even the poor folks have got a chance. The gospel is preached unto them. Even the lepers are cleansed. The dead are even raised. The lame walk. Hallelujah. The deaf have their ears opened. He'll know what we're talking about. Just tell him what you see. And I'm going to put a little clause in here that uh, it's not written down, but I feel like it's in my heart. That John faced that sword that day when he saw his head was about to come off, knowing that he had filled the shoes and accomplished a purpose that Jesus Christ, I said that Jesus Christ Hallelujah, had a better chance now to present his program to a lost and dying world. That's about 2,000 years ago. What a life John had. But he died very tragically. We never know, as we're called out to go and do this or that, what we're going to face. But I'm looking and preaching to some people here that you, in a sense, you've been in a dungeon too. And you wondered. I read an article sometime back in World War II where the bombs were falling and there was no demonstration, uh, there was no, uh, you know, picking out the population, whatever, uh, trying to save anybody. They just destroying. And a bomb fell on a church that's packed with people. Nobody survived. And a young man standing outside of that church house, we're all in that church house, and blood blown to bits. He looked up into the heavens, and they heard him scream, Where's God? There'll be a time in your life, if you live very long, that you'll someday wonder, Where's God? What I'm trying to say is, 
Hold on. Get deep-rooted in God. For Jesus tells us, whether you build on the sand or on the rock, the storm will come your way. It don't matter what country, wherever, where saved or unsaved, this day will come when the storms will hit your house. And if your house is not built on the rock, when the storm goes by, your home will be no more. What I'm trying to tell the young church this morning was take courage. Because Almighty God is running the show. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The kingdom has already started. It's already, the Bible said it comes not by observation, but it's already in you. It's already started in your hearts. A kingdom that will last forever and ever. When we have a new heaven and a new earth where it dwells righteousness. Yes, when, they, when John got the report back in that jungle dungeon where he lay and heard what was going on. I really believe in spite of all agony he's going through, there's a little smile came on his face. And he said, I was right when I said that was him. Hallelujah. And aren't you glad you can say this morning after the storm blow? And the winds come and the rains come and the floods come, you can still say, I'm glad that's him. It saves sinners from the sins. I won't preach too long. But I just want to tell you, dig down, get on the rock. There's going to be a few storm comes. But when it blows all over and the floods have let back down. You still be on that rock. Young folks, all of us, but young folks, as you're looking for your place and opportunities, just wait on God. You'll be sent out. Hallelujah. I say, you'll be sent out. It won't always be easy. I tell about every young pastor that goes out to pastor the first church. I tell them like this. I said, son, you won't be there very long until you wake up in the middle of the night and you'll hear a little voice say, what are you doing here? And I said, if you're not careful, you get up the back next morning, you start packing. Hallelujah. Stick in there with God. It ain't always easy, but it's, I'll tell you when it's all over, this gospel is working for us a great reward because I can see that new kingdom on the horizon where Jesus Christ is going to be the King of kings and Lord of lords. I read in Revelation chapter 7, this great multitude that no man can number coming out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I, 
I don't want to say anything. Uh, I don't, I, I, some things I don't say because you might get the wrong impression. But about 62 years we've been trying to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. And uh, we're working among the be- most beautiful people in all the world, God's church. And let me tell you, it's scattered all over the world. Hallelujah. It's very universal. Hallelujah. 28 years now in the country of Haiti among the poorest people in the world. As we said here this morning, there's thousands of people sitting under church, in churches this morning that you and others helped us build. Thousands. We'll be going there 13th of this month. Hallelujah. Every week, every day, because of you, we feed thousands of meals. Buy beds for the truckloads for little kids that have to be cleaned inside and out of parasites. It's a thrill of my life to save a life of a child. Hallelujah. We lose very few. The average child, I mean, half of the children are dead by the time they're five years old in the country, the poorest country in the Western world. We hardly ever lose one out of the orphanage because food makes a difference. Hallelujah. I'm preaching, it ain't always easy. Hallelujah. But find your place and do not let the devil back you out. From all that jungle came the last time we heard his voice. Oh, the greatest preacher that preached to thousands and convert, thousands converted under his preaching. Now that dungeon comes, that voice, for the last time. Are, are you the one? What he is actually saying, I believe, was, I need some help, Lord. I need some help. I don't care who you are sitting here, but... You'll need some help. And I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from God Almighty. Hallelujah. I reluctant to preach like this, but uh, let me preach to us a little while. Hallelujah. You can look for some hard knocks along the road. I remember when I first got in church, they sung an old song, the, old, the church... The, the road gets rough and rocky, children, but that's all right. Man, I never had hit a rock yet. I hadn't even hit a stump. They'd sang that old song, The Road Gets Rough and Rocky, children, but that's all right. And on and on it go. And the Holy Ghost fall, people shout everywhere. Oh, man, it's the way to go. But, Joe, I got to hit a few rocks. And I get to hit a few stumps. Hallelujah. And I picked myself up several times by the grace of God. And you're not going to go very far until you hit a rock or stop. I'm going to tell you, take courage, saints. I feel like I'm preaching to young folks here this morning. Dig in. 
And when the storm comes and when the storm's left, you'll still be on that rock. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, I need some help down here. Things have changed now. Hallelujah. How many more preachers you got this morning? Hallelujah. In 82, in 1982, my first wife and I were busy for the Lord, and we was getting ready. We had tickets. We flying to L.A., California for some services, revivals in the L.A. area, 1982. And uh, the weekend came up before we was going, and she said, I'll stay home and pack. And I wanted to run down to Mount Pleasant, Arkansas, borrow for the weekend. Then I come back, we was going to catch flights and fly to L.A. I got up Sunday morning before church. And the phone rang at Clyde Lucille Dawson's house about Pleasant. My son-in-law's on the phone. And he said, Helen died, my wife. Very unexpected. She's gone. Yeah, I hit the dungeon. Hallelujah. Praise God. Never was hit harder. I wanted to cry out, Lord, I need some help. And I did. I didn't want to accuse God of being mistreated. I went, times I went three days and nights, never slept awake. I've never been hit harder. Hallelujah. Two weeks later, when things were settled away, there was no preaching me. But I didn't want to quit. After rearranging flights and everything, I landed in L.A. the fall of 82. The hardest thing I ever done was to preach. But the God that was with John in the dungeon, he come along with me. And I preached. Let me stay with you. Or you stay with me. Hallelujah. So we preached on revival here and there. Hallelujah. But I didn't want to live. I wanted to die. Some of you had died. But I had a call on my life. I didn't want to quit. In the dungeon day after day, I cried, Oh God, help me. I really don't want to live. I want to die. But, you, but would you help me, whatever? Hallelujah. I'm just preaching to you. You're going to hit some of these places. Hallelujah. So a few weeks passed by, and I was back in Oklahoma, and I headed out through the old highway out of Sepulpa. I was praying to die. Tried to preach, and God was helping us, but I really didn't want to preach. I wanted to go on. Yes, John, I've been in the dungeon too. Hallelujah.
Praise God. You have to. You may be there again. But remember, the kingdom is big. Hear me? The kingdom is progressing. And we're not far till we're going to see the king sitting on his throne. Going out of Safop on the old highway, which was a four lane, just going right out. That's a dangerous time for a man's life, for a woman's life, after losing a companion. And I was on the inside lane. Traffic was heavy. And I looked up, and right in my lane was a van stopped. We were going highway speed. The lane over here is full. I couldn't get over there. Traffic was coming in the other lanes. I couldn't get over there. And I remember this. I said, Lord, that's all right with me. I could see myself splattered on the back of that van. I wanted to die. But there came a space in my life that I've never been able to fill in. Before I hit that van, I woke up on the other side of that van. Still going highway speed. I don't know how. It so shook me that I broke down. And I knew God was in that van. And I said, Lord, you've heard the last complaint coming from me. If you want me to live this bad, I'll never ask again to let me die. If you want me to preach the gospel that bad to work this miracle, you're not going to hear that from me anymore. I'll go on. That was about 26 years ago. Hallelujah. Out of the dungeon, God heard my cry. Hallelujah. Jeremiah was in that dungeon, barred down in the mire. Even Jesus, your Savior, he was put in the dungeon. The night he is arrested, the Bible said he's taken out of prison. I've been in that dungeon. He was under Cephas' palace. The only way in was to hold him from the top. Pulled him in and out. He didn't deserve that, did he? But you know why he went through it? Because he was setting up a kingdom, thank God, in which he's going to reign forever and ever. A kingdom of righteousness and holiness, thank God. Sometimes there's a price to pay. Mary didn't deserve what happened to her. Her heart was thrust through, thrust through. She stood there and watched her son crucified before the world. Poor little innocent mother. She didn't deserve what she went through. But to help God in his program, sometimes we must sacrifice. Hallelujah. About 13 months after my wife passed away, God gave me another pretty little girl, Karen. She worked for an oil company, was college-educated at bookkeepers, drove a new Buick, and I convinced her I was an answer to prayer. 
I got her to debuke. Hallelujah. I got a bookkeeper. If it was not for her, I could not continue. We have lots of business to take care of. American government, the Haitian government, all the other kind of problems. Hallelujah. But she fails the shoes. She rides mules, horses, for there's no roads, up and down mountains, through voodoo and busted forests. Hallelujah. Sailboats, motorboats, foot, jeeps, airplanes, anyway. God gave me a good helpmate, and I was still on the road. Hallelujah. It ain't easy sometimes. I'm just trying to tell you, it ain't supposed to be easy. We're battling for a great country. Thank God. Jesus, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but in me, you're going to have some peace. As you face the trials of life, let me tell you, the peace of God reigns inside of you. I will preach a little bit longer. Hallelujah. I was preaching in California here a while back. The pastor said, come up and said, Brother Ray, we pay more, we get a bigger offer to preach a little sermon. Hallelujah. I ain't worried about your offer this morning. I want to preach a little bit more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, how many believes God answers prayer? Hallelujah. Abraham said in his tent door in Genesis chapter 18, you read that, you can tell it looks like it's just a real common thing. He set that tent door, God and two angels come knocked on his door. It's just a regular thing. Abraham jumps up, washes their feet. Wouldn't it be something to wash God's feet? Bible said he's the Lord. You let your mind go to work. Washed him, he fed him. Man, wouldn't you like to wash God's feet? Feed him. I'll tell you what you do. Just obey God. That bless you probably more than you washing his feet. Our feet is the choice calf out of your herd. And because Abraham was a friend to God, God said to the angels, it's not good that we keep from Abraham what we're fixing to do. We're going to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It's not good that we don't tell him what we're going to do. You know, the Bible tells us, Amen 3 and 7, that God will do nothing except he first reveal it to his prophets. So God turned around to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, really we're on our way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And that was a key for Abraham to start praying. And Abraham started praying. And he said, God, if you could find 50 righteous, he could see his son-in-law or his nephew over there a lot. If you could find 50 righteous over there, would you spare that town? God said it would. How about 40? I will. 30? I will. 20? Yeah, I will. 10? Yeah, I'll still spare it for 10. Abraham had prayed because he was a friend of God. God gave him a choice. Let him know what was about to happen. Do you ever feel like you ought to pray about something? That's God revealing to you. He'd like to hear from you. He'd request. Hallelujah. So when God got over there, 
There wasn't ten righteous. But because of Abraham, they grabbed Abraham's kinfolks and drug him out of town. And that's why it pays for you to be a friend of God. It might save your household. Hallelujah. I'm preaching today that God hears, but there's times in your life you'll have to cry out of a dungeon. Oh, God. I need some help down here. Hallelujah. Well, wisdom says, shut out, but I, the Spirit's willing. Let me go a little further. I had back trouble for 13 years. You've heard this story. I had back trouble 13 years. Passed in Louisiana part of this time and went to specialists. They said they couldn't help me. I hurt. I had a cot, army cot at church that I laid on while I had church that I'd get up, hold the pulpit and preach. Some churches have to put up with poor preaching on that. Hallelujah. Thirteen years that went on. Almost bent fast. Brother Wisdom cried in, called in from Arab, Alabama. Come over and hold me reading. I said, I can't. I'm flat on my back. I began to cancel other meetings because it was, I couldn't go anymore. I'm just preaching. There's trials along the way, but it's in those trials you're going to get your testimony. Job in chapter 42, after he come through that trial, he said, God, I've been hearing about you by the hearing of the ear. But now since you brought me through this trial, I see you. And it's in that trial, my friend, that God's going to put meat on your bones. Because you see that God really cares. Hallelujah. There's always a price to pay, but God really cares. I was supposed to preach another camp meeting up in Athens. That wasn't about 200 miles where I was at in Louisiana. Brother Russell Seals was pastor there at that time. My wife said, don't cancel that. I believe that was several months ahead to that meeting. I believe you can make that. So about two weeks before to go preach that little meeting in Athens, I was laying flat on my back, praying to die again in a sense. I hurt so bad. Nobody seemed to help me. Hallelujah. Two weeks to go preach that little meeting up in Athens, I got real serious. I said, God, today I'm going to call Brother Seals, tell him I can't come. The phone was right there, Joe, right, right by the bed. All I had to do was roll over, I mean, lean over a little bit, get the phone. I was fixing to reach for the phone. Tell Brother Russell I can't come. When a new message come floating by. And a new message come floating by. And another free, uh, new message come floating by. I grabbed my pencil and paper and time, time the message had quit coming by. There was 10 new sermons. I'd say within 20 minutes. And I wrote them down. That was a key that God knew where I was. I was in the jungle, dungeon. But God knew where I was. 
He was sending these messages by, and I grabbed them. That's been a key a lot of times. Hallelujah. Come the morning, go preach the camp meeting. I couldn't get out of bed. I was 200 miles from camp meeting time, day. They helped me out of bed. The best, you can't do much for anybody that's got hurt back. Just have to kind of let them do what they can. But anyway, they got me out of bed. And I had to eat a little breakfast standing up. I couldn't sit down. They put me in the back of the car in the back seat and laid me down. And I rode 200 miles in the back seat of that car, hurting all the way. My wife drove up on the camp meeting grounds, and I took my left foot and I opened that back door of that old Chevrolet and opened it up. And when I wiggled out enough to get my left foot on the ground, God healed my back. Hallelujah. I preached 10 days and uh, 10 nights and part of the days. I, so, I felt so great to get out of the dungeon. Hallelujah. I'm preaching this morning. God really cares, but you may have to suffer along the way. John, what are you saying? I need some help down here. Hey, don't you be ashamed to call on God for help. Hallelujah. About a couple of years ago, you've heard this. About a couple of years ago, I had an accident with a horse like Tommy Toller was having an accident with a horse and whatever. Ribs busted, crushed, pulverized, little pieces sticking the skin out my side. I was black from hips to shoulders. Looked like I was rotten. My left foot was broke. Laying in bed, I ain't one to lay in bed. There's no retirement in this, you know. Hallelujah. Nine days passed by and I still laying in bed. I was like John, though. John was in prison on the Isle of Patmos. He had company. Jesus come to see him. And John outlived a dictator and got out of that prison. Hallelujah. Jesus come to see me when I was laying on that bed on the ninth day. I got the spirit too. Oh, yes, I had broken red pieces sticking the skin out and a broke left foot. That's where the doctor put me in bed. You can't have a crutch, no weight on the foot. You go to bed. My wife waited on me. Karen waited on me for nine days. I couldn't get out of bed myself. She'd have to help me out. Hurts so bad. Hallelujah, she carried water or whatever. I couldn't even blow my nose for the pain. The night day, Jesus come to see me. First thing he did, he floated by a brand new servant. Man, that makes an old preacher feel good to get a new thought. That servant came floating by, and I knew Jesus was in that room. And I said, Lord, where do you want to preach that at? You know, you can really get bold when you feel the Spirit of God. I said, it's Sim Street up there at Norman for Brother Taylor. And I was feeling, oh, I still, I still had them ribs and them foot 
out of shape, but I was feeling good, and uh, I'd been in the dungeon a few days. I said, Lord, when do we preach it? He said, tonight. That's a pretty good step. Can't get out of bed, can't move my nose, can't raise my voice, but he said, tonight. I got my little wife in there and said, honey, will you take me to Norman tonight? You know, I've often said they got a mental institution up there. But she knew, she knew I wanted to go preach. I said, Lord, give me a message. You told me to go up and preach for Brother Taylor tonight. Thank God for a good preacher's wife, huh? Hallelujah. She never has said, unless she said it behind her back, that she ever regretted marrying this old man. But uh, she's sure a good preacher's wife. And uh, got ready to go. I mean, time to get ready to you go to the, you know, uh, about 80 miles up there, something like that. She was getting ready, so I needed, I, she, she, I mean, I, she needed to get ready, so I decided I'd try to get out of bed myself. So I began to try to scoot off. I couldn't turn over to get off the side. I scoot over the head, over the end of the bed. And when I got down there, my broke foot touched the carpet. God healed that broke foot, just like that. And when I stood up, all them ribs, I felt like, I felt the moving in there. Amen. They all went back to place. And by the time I could touch them, they was well, just like that. Hallelujah. I walked up in there for Brother Taylor, and he looked like he'd seen a ghost. He said, man, you're supposed to be home with a bunch of broke bones. I said, I was. But God, Jesus come to see me a while ago. He walked in my room, gave me a message, told me, get up, go preach. Hallelujah. I preached that night, and I, you know, I think maybe the little lady's here today. I hope so. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe she is. I preached that night what God gave me, and here come this little mother down the aisle crying. She said, "God sent you here to help me because I just lost a child and couldn't accept it, but now I can." I'm just trying to tell you. It's all for the kingdom of God. Whatsoever you do, he said, do it for the glory of God. I preached the weekend. God blessed. I don't even have a knot on them ribs. Amen, where there's all crushed and crumbled. Hallelujah. Amen, just like a 16-year-old. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you tonight or today. You may get in the dungeon, but when you're down there, cry out, Lord, I need some help. Oh, yes, there's been a lot of times I doubt if I was ever called to preach. There's a few days now I have that doubt, Brother Darrell. Probably ain't really called to preach. Because I found out one thing, I can't preach unless the good Lord comes by. Because I've been in that dungeon a few times but God's always brought me out. I'm preaching to you. What was John saying when he cried, the last time you hear his voice, what was he saying? I know the words he said, but as I translate them at what I feel like, he's saying, Jesus, I need some help. I don't care who you are, who you are sitting here this morning. You need some help. You can't conquer this world by yourself. 
Don't know. You can't, you can't, you can't face the world without this Jesus Christ helping you. I know a lot of things that happened to you that you didn't deserve to go through. There'll be some more of them probably. But just remember, if you speak out of the jungle, God will still hear that. And he'll send you back a message and say, tell John what you saw. A lot of times, God relays a message on down to me. And I pick up and go another mile. Aren't you glad that you're in God's church? Not a man-made church, but an almighty God church. A church that's on the rock where the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And the signs of time come, look like crowding in and the end time is upon us. Tribulation looks like it's about to hit. Now hear that voice, those voices crying out above the altar, Revelation 6. How long, O Lord, dost thou not avenge, avenge us on them that run on the earth? And the voice comes back from God saying, rest a little while until your fellow brethren shall be killed as you was killed. Sometime a price is to be paid. But the goal is like Jesus the author and finish our faith, who the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down on the right hand of God. There's some things you have to despise and put God first in your life to stay on the rock. So Jesus heard John's last cry and sent him out a message that he knew John could interpret. And I just kind of believe there's a smile on John's lips when that sword came down because he knew he had finished the job that he had been sent to do. Wouldn't you like to finish the job that you've been called to do and hear him say, well done? Would you stand with us this morning? Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Would you praise him now, saints? Thank you, Lord, for the glory of God, for the blessings that's been ours. Lord, we may be in the jungle, down in the dungeon, the jungle in the wilderness, but when we cry out, oh God, you hear that cry and you send us back a message and telling us it's gonna be okay. The kingdom is being established. You're not far from home. Time's passing swiftly and we're just passing through. Saints, praise him again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.